1: That's chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. Dw void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus <laughs>
2: What's going on Fight Fans, Sean Basto, Eat, Sleep, boxing. Repeat here for the weekend phoning show. It's a a new of a kind phoning show, fresh from my studio, at my house, from my laptop, this is going to be interesting. So we've got the number, the number's going to be through Skype, so if you hear the little Skype notifications coming up throughout the show, I apologise, I'm still working with it, still working to see how we can get this up and running, but hey guys, we're here, this is it, it's the phoning show, so... We're going to do a, a weekly one, we're going to be doing weekly phone shows where we talk about all the results from over the weekend, the gossip coming over the last week, the gossip, the speculation, basically everything that everybody wants to know about in boxing and it's great to see that quite a lot of people are, are already joining the live stream. I'm really happy to see you guys that have already joined and uh, really excited to get this going. So... Obviously, we'll see if anybody calls in. Hopefully, they will. There's a big number in front of them to call on now. So, hopefully, we'll get this going and we'll be able to start chatting about some of the stuff from the weekend. So, obviously, last night wasn't a major night for boxing, but we had, obviously, to Davis picking up an easy win in the first round against Hugo Ruiz. Uh, then we also had Mikado losing last night as well, which was a, a pretty much a shocking result for me anyway. I didn't expect to see that happening. Then we also had Ray Vargas defending his world title as well, and well, it was quite a it was quite a competitive fight. He got knocked down in the early rounds, and then obviously managed to get the decision, quite a wide decision actually. Uh, but he, you know, he overcame adversity, which was which was great to see. And he's starting to to you know to get a bit of a name for himself now, isn't he? Even though he's the WBC champion, not a lot of people on this side of the pond really know of him apart from when he fights Gavin McDonald. So it'll be interesting to see what goes down over the next few months with Ray Vargas in that division. So yeah, there are quite a few things to be talking about here uh, in this first edition of the following show. And obviously it's going to be interesting for anybody who wants to give us a call and start chatting about some of the gossip over the week. And I think some of the interesting things that I've been seeing on social media for me, is probably going to be the Joseph Parker, Derek Chisora proposal. And uh, I don't know whether that's a, a step down for Joseph Parker, to be honest. And, maybe a step up for, for Derek Chisora. Who knows? I mean, that, I mean, that's just my initial opinion on the situation. Um, obviously, guys that I joined, Elliot, Darren Sarginson, Simon Mann, Stephen Mannion, Liam Woods, Wayne Coplay, uh, and my mother as well, she's joined. She was having a bit of a listening to this episode as well. So, uh, yeah, any of you guys want to give us a call, have a chat, get on the line. Let's have a chat about some of the stuff over the weekend. I think the uh, going back to the fights from last night, Giovanni Davis, I put a few posts out today on social media on this channel, and a lot of people are saying that he just keeps fighting tomato cans, and he keeps fighting bums, and he really needs to step up, which I probably will agree with a lot of people on, because he's I think he's at the point now where he does need to take that step up, and we do need to see him in with the bigger names. He was supposed to fight Abner Mares, and Abner Mares probably would have given him a sterner test than Ruiz did last night, but I would have expected a similar result with that fight last night if that would have came off. But I think what what people want to see is they want to see him fight someone like okay, Lomachenko. Cool. And there we go, guys. We've got the first caller. Let's see who's on. Caller, you're yeah. on the line. How are you doing?
3: Uh, not bad, Sean. Yourself?
2: Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Who is it calling?
3: It's Wayne from Barnsley.
2: Wayne, how are you doing, mate? Not bad, pal. Good, good. You're the first one on, mate. You're the first guest we've got on the show. Hello. Yeah, yeah, the first one. The inaugural guest of the show. So, we've got you on, Wayne. Tell me, what are your thoughts? What do you want to talk about?
3: I'm thinking about AJ's next fight. Who we're getting announced uh, tomorrow.
2: What do you think it's going to be? Well, so, As I've got a lot of uh, people that are saying it's Miller and it's going to be on the 1st of June. And I've been hearing that for about three weeks, to be honest. I, I haven't heard anything other than Jarrell Miller on the 1st of June, and to be honest, it's not the fight we want to see, but it's probably the best fight we're going to get at the moment from him. I, don't, I can't see who else he could, put, he could get in the ring with. They're not going to put him in with white, are they? No, but
3: the 13th of April still got Wembley Arena booked.
2: Have they not cancelled that now? I thought they'd just swapped it till the 20th. Uh, I ain't said no before that, no. So
3: they could have done, but... They, yeah. they did say they've got two uh, fights lined up, and the
2: second, like second one, what 13th for April? Well, It'll be interesting. it would be interesting if they if they do make that. I've, all I've heard so far, and this is coming from diff- different people in the industry, that the first June's going to be the day. It's going to be announced tomorrow. It's going to be in New York. It's going to make loads of money. And the only people, the only person I feel sorry for in the whole situation is, is Dillian White, to be honest.
3: Yeah. And the English fans were
2: worried about the hotels down in London as well. Well, yeah, there is that as well. That's a bit. It is ridiculous. Yeah. It is ridiculous. The problem is though, Wayne. If you book, if you book something like that that far in advance and in anticipation to see a big fight, it's like. I think box boxing, boxing sometimes punishes the fans, and that that's part of the problem with with it. As much as we love this sport so so greatly, it, it can punish the fans sometimes with all like. The, the pay-per-view situation, people talking about oh, there's too many pay-per-views in a year and you have to pay out all this money. And then there's situations like this where they're pretty much saying, Eddie Hearn is pretty much saying, right, book your, book your date in for the April the 13th at Wembley. That's where AJ is going to be. But now they've changed it and... I will see what happens tomorrow, but again, I've heard from a lot of people uh, in the community that it's going to be the 1st of June and it's going to be against Miller in NYC, which is a bit crap, to be honest, for, for fans like you say who've booked tickets, well, not tickets, but hotels and train tickets maybe to go to Wembley and then they kind of get peed all over with this. But are you one of them fans, by the way, that have booked it? Is that why you're saying it?
3: Yeah, I've, uh, I've already booked the hotel and we're travelling down, so we can't really can- cancel it. But unless, unless it's not there, but I'll be going out to London for weekend.
2: Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, we'll, we'll see what yeah. happens. We'll see what happens. But, but I don't know. Like I say, there's so much stuff going around social media at the moment, Wayne. That one minute people are saying the 13th of April has been cancelled and it's now going to be the 20th and it's going to be a dilly and wipe. Headlining the fight, headlining the uh, the pay-per-view, whatever it may be. Uh, but then, obviously, like you said, you've still heard that the 13th is still on. Unfortunately, this is this is what it's like on the rumor mill. We're going to get people that are going to reputable sources that are going to get it from from other people who are going to say actually it's on this day and this is going to happen. It's like the this Miller fight being announced tomorrow. I mean, we, we might get a shocker. It might not happen, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Jarrell Miller in NYC. I'm
3: pretty sure of it. But uh, anything yeah. else?
2: Anything else while you're on Wayne? What about the fights from last night?
3: Uh, I didn't watch the fights last night. I was out with my other half. So I couldn't go go and watch them on, like,
2: online. Well, I, I'll tell you what. Then I've got a question to ask you about Giovanni Davis. Uh, I've just been talking about it briefly yeah. before you rang up, and a lot of people slagging yeah. him off because of him fighting Ruiz last night and the dispatching of him so easily. He was supposed to fight Mares, but people are saying now he's, he's fighting too many tomato cans and he really needs to step up. What do you think about that? His
3: weight's a problem with that weight, though. I think he should
2: step up as the next weight. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. I'd agree. Yeah. I think, um, <laughs> how many times is it going to be an issue, well, this, this weight issue? How many times is it going to happen? I mean, I know it was only a point two of a pound, but... Still, is he going to have to keep doing this? Discipline? Is it an issue? I don't know. I've always said that if he doesn't look after himself outside of the ring, he could end up being the next Adrian Broner.
3: True. But he's been at really the last two fights now, and he's like missing weight. So it's a problem for his discipline. He's not thinking about his own weight-wise, or he should just move up and see what he does then.
2: Well I can't not agree with you on it because I want to see him fight the best fighters that are out there to be honest and if it means him moving up a weight to do that then I'd have no problem with that As as a fan first and foremost I'd have no problem with him doing that but it depends on also how he's managed and obviously Mayweather's got a massive influence in his career and we all have our opinions on on the way Mayweather's career has gone and People sometimes say that he's kind of cherry-picked a lot of the fights he's had, and he's had the fights at the right time. I mean, you have seen someone posted today, funnily enough, some comment about Mayweather basically saying in no uncertain terms that they're going to wait until Lomachenko's uh, a lot older before they stick him in with Javon with Davis when he's more likely to start on going on the decline. I mean, that, that's a possibility. I mean, we've seen it with Mayweather's career.
3: Yeah, but he's with the Mayweather promotions and Floyd's going to try to make his uh, career easy for himself. But it's all about money with Floyd Mayweather. But as a fighter, you want to fight the best on your best weight. And I think he should not move up because he can't make the weight.
2: No, and, and I agree. I agree. I mean, I'm not making any comparisons here, but I think if you look at Lee Selby's next fight, Selby's moved up two weights to go to lightweight after supposedly draining himself so much to fight down, uh, you know, in the featherweight division. So it's for me, if, if it's an issue and it's happened two times, then maybe. But if they feel like there's big money fights to be had already in the division, then. You can like you said there is Mayweather, isn't it? You know he he's all about the money, and if they see a they see a fight and they see a cash cow fight, then they're gonna go for it. But I do agree with you. I do think that moving up a weight would be the right thing to do if he is struggling to make the weight. But even if it is only by 0.2 of a pound, he's still having to get off the scales and go and put a sweat suit on for half an hour just to burn that off. Yeah, exactly.
3: well, it's like so. I think Selby. I think he's a good choice though. Moved up way because when he fought Warrington, he was through with weight then to make weight against him, and they were IBF champion then. But he, he made weight, and I think Warrington boxed best than Selby that night, and it proved on night as well. Selby were a bit rough, I think. We're trying to make weight. Warrington was there just making his med weight perfect, his box perfect, and it
2: proved that against Frampton as well. Yeah, I agree. Again, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. We're getting into the Warrington subjects and I think he's one of the uh, the breakout stars of 2018, and a guy that a lot of people had, had written off for sure. And all of a sudden now, he's he's definitely got you know the the one of the biggest bargaining chips in the division. But I'm not really interested in the proposed Kid Galahad fight. That's one fight that really doesn't wet my appetite at all I feel I don't feel Kid Galahad has done enough to justify getting that shot at the IBF title but that, that again that's just my opinion I don't know what your thoughts are on that
3: my thoughts is is Manchester challenger, but I think there will be better Manchester challengers out there compared to Kid Galahad and Barry dropping proper minutes well Barry Howard. I think yeah but He's been through them uh, bad times and drugs and stuff, but
4: he's
3: got there and he's he's got a chance. But I think Josh is going to win him in ten.
2: Interesting early predictions there. I'm looking forward to yeah. to see whether that comes off or not. But yeah, I, I I do agree. I'm I'm not really struck on the fight, but I do think the way Warrington uh, has beaten Selby last year and the way he beat Frampton was was for me was was quite unreal. To be honest yeah. with you, probably one of my favourite fights of 2018.
3: Yeah, well, better than the uh, Tyson and Fury and Wilder fight, but.
2: What do you say about that? Oh man, I t- t- I've had loads to say about that. You, obviously, we do the podcast, as you know, and you know you listen. And uh, like that was like, I, oh man, it's, I can't put it into words. I was so, I was so happy for Tyson. To be honest with you, I mean, he's he's a Marmite guy. He's always been a Marmite guy up until that fight, and after that fight, he's won over so many people, so many fans, and the mentality of the man is just completely changed from what it was say 80 you know well 36 months ago when he was doing all the, the silly antics at the press conferences and yeah they were funny and sometimes he'd say stuff that was a bit out you know out of order but he's turned into a different man and i think a lot of people like him and respect him for that and the respect the fact that he was able to get up uh, at the end of that 12th round because a lot of men probably would have just gone now you know what I Ain't getting up from this, there's not a chance. And he got up and he fought on and li- literally looked like he won the round to me. And it was, I'm looking forward to seeing number two fight number two again. It's probably one of the most anticipated heavyweight fights for a very long time. Yeah, but
3: it's going to be over in America again. A lot of English fans be allowed to go over to, to America to watch it. It'd be really a bit nice to in Cardiff or uh, Arena in
2: England. I suppose it's wherever they can make the most money. I think they could make the most money over somewhere like Wembley, like you say, over in England, like a, in a big stadium. Like You can put Anthony Joshua in the ring with a, a, a man security guard who does the matchroom shows and it'll still sell out 90,000 people and people still pay to watch Anthony Joshua in action because they've built that brand up over the years with Anthony Joshua. They've, they've, they've built his reputation up in, in 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 a good way for him, and that's why he's able to to get the draw that like he is, whereas obviously Fury's kind of in, been in and out of action, and there's been issues with drugs, there's been issues with his mental health, and I think if they brought it over to, to Wembley, he'd definitely sell out. I think that 100,000 people that they were talking about for uh, one of the Joshua's fights, I think you'd definitely get that for the uh, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, because the thing is now, it's the first fight, yeah, it wasn't hyped up as much as as what you would have expected it to. But because of what's happened in that first fight, now, if anything, it's it's, it's been good. For, it's been good for boxing. It's good for boxing. What's happened because now we get to see a rematch. It's going to make uh, a lot more money for the pair of them, and a lot more people are going to want to watch boxing now because of it. I mean. Wilder, if you look at what happened to Wilder after that fight, not a lot of people knew who he was in America because of how many other marquee sports they have, like your baseballs and your American footballs. And then the next thing you know, you see him on James Corden's Late Show, and all of a sudden he's, he's become like a celebrity in boxing as well over there.
3: Yeah, he's, he's fought 49 times, like, and how many times has people noticed who he is? Is WBC champion, and a lot of people wouldn't have known who But with Fury coming over and literally schooling him in the boxing ring, a lot of people just find out who
2: Yeah, no, I agree, Wayne. I totally agree. Is there anything else you wanna you wanna add? And we'll uh, see if there's any more callers waiting to come on.
3: Uh, no, that's it, Sean Paul. I'll, I'll tell you I what was brought up and have
2: a chat yeah no it's been good to speak to you again yeah. and uh, thanks for coming on i yeah. really appreciate it and
3: it's been fantastic it's just like having a, a live show you said i listen to podcast all the time
2: <laughs> hey i love hey, i love them podcasts i absolutely love them that's why i do I it know, pal. but I-, I felt like um i felt like each sleep and repeat's got a bit of a platform now to be able to do something like this and yeah. this is why we're doing it i thought i felt like we don't have like a a 606 show going on for boxing anymore do you know what i mean obviously even cast castello on bunce they do their own podcast but again it's not live is it you can't react to it you can't have people on the phone reacting to what's going on so this is why i thought we'd bring it to the table but wayne i'm I'm gonna let you go let somebody get the chance to come on and thank you so much for coming on no
3: problem cheers take care okay right see you later bye
2: So there you go, guys. Wayne Copley's been a fan of Eastleigh Boxing Repeat from day one, basically. He's been there since day one and really appreciate guys like that coming on and obviously chatting and giving their opinions. He he literally gets to every boxing event possible, so he's a huge fan. So I'm really glad to be able to give him the platform to be able to chat about what's going on. But let's see who we've got now. Hello, Collie. You've come on. How are you doing?
1: Hi, Sean. It's here, mate. Hello, Elliot. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Can you hear me? Okay.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I can hear you fine. How are you? How are you doing?
1: Perfect, mate. Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Um, yeah, all good. How about yourself?
2: Yeah, great. And uh, obviously, I know you've been listening into the first sort of fifteen minutes. Uh, uh,
1: how was it been? <laughs> Give you an appraisal of it already? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. And no, I thought, I thought I agreed with a lot of what. What Wayne had to say, I think you guys, you guys, you guys covered a lot. I just one thing I wanted to touch on was I think it's it is ridiculous the fact that Matchroom came out a few months ago and said right April thirteenth, Wembley Stadium, basically confer- basically confirmed that was what was going to happen for the next for the next anti Joshua fight, and that's obviously been scuppered. Because um, I think it's all obviously when the anti Joshua fight happens, people come over from you know all over the UK, all over all over Europe, all over the world, really the amount of people who would have booked travel in hotels who are now having to you know either not go or or, or lose money is is I, don't know, I think it's pretty awful and i think the least they could have done was i don't understand why they can't have the dillian white fight maybe not at wembley stadium but have that on the same day so people who have booked travel and accommodation combination can still have a boxing event to go to so that's i don't know i think it's pretty awful just kind of echo what what Wayne Wayne was saying, really.
2: Uh, Well, I agree. Like, when he was saying it, I had a sneaking suspicion that it might be something to do with the fact that he's probably booked something himself because I was just saying then before you rang in that... You know, he's a guy that goes to as many big events as he possibly can. So when you book something in advance, you get it a lot cheaper. And if you do book it in advance and get it a lot cheaper, you usually can't cancel it. And that's the problem. Like when you book these things so far in yep. advance that like, you expect to be able to get there, and you know, fair play to Wayne, he's probably still going to go to London and spend the, the the weekend down there. But for for people like you just said yeah. there, for people like you just said there earlier, you know, you've got in, people travelling internationally to come to these fights, and that for me causes a massive headache for people like that
1: exactly and it's not like it was just you know it was just a rumor because i think some people book flights and accommodation when there's just a rumor flowing around which my opinion, you shouldn't do but obviously match came out and said look this is the day when this is the venue it's happening and for them to go back on that on an event like that i think it's pretty 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 out of order when it just kind of makes makes sense to them and the fact they're not putting on another event in its place but they're having what what looks like an event what a week later with the Dillian White fight, I just, yeah, it's not considering they are the leading, leading um, boxing promoters in, in the UK. I think it's pretty, pretty out of order. But um, yeah, obviously it doesn't, I'm, I'm from London myself, so it doesn't, it wouldn't affect me as much. I just feel for the amount of people that have, that have, that have kind of spent all that, spent all that money really.
3: It's
4: not, it's. what's really annoying me at the moment. We, we, we want to see him fight somebody
2: in the upper echelons of the heavyweight division, but we ain't getting it. So, ideally, who who do you want
1: to see him fight next? Um, me, I mean me personally. I I'd like I'd like to see him fight Dillian White. I've always been impressed with with Dillian White. I think he had a great 2018, and also I feel like for him to fight Fury or Wilder is is just unrealistic now um, because. Obviously, we know what happened with Fury and Wilder in December. They and it was a draw. And what should happen, in my opinion, is they should have that rematch and then Joshua should fight the winner. That's what I'd like to see happen in, in a perfect world. And I think, to be fair, it's not Anti Joshua or Eddie Hearn or his fault that that fight in December last year was, was a draw. Um, if Fury had won, then, or Wilder had won, perhaps we'd be, there'd be more realistic chance of Joshua facing one of those two um, in May, June, whenever. But it's it's a draw, and I think when when there is a draw, then you want to see that rematch rather than fighters go on and fight someone else. That's just that's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, I just hope that Joshua fights fights the winner of the rematch later this year. But whether he actually will or not, we don't we do, we do, don't know. We don't we're not we're not sure if that's if that's realistic for this year. I think they'll
2: let it. I think, regardless of of obviously Anthony Joshua, they facing Jarrell Miller and beating Jarrell Miller in June. I think, for me, even if that happens and Fury goes and beats Wilder in America, I don't think that they'll make that fight this year. I do think that they're still going to end up pushing the fight till till next year. I think they're going to let it burn as as quick as 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 long as possible. Uh, That's what I'm trying to get at because. I was just saying before you could put him in with whoever Anthony Joshua, and he'll sell it out. But a fight with Fiore, yeah. if he beats Wilder and brings that WPC title back to Britain, my word, I can't imagine what sort of hype that will bring. It'll probably be one of the most mm. hype, hyped heavyweight fights of all time.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and hopefully, hopefully, we hopefully we see it soon. Like I don't want to kind of listen to to rumours and. Um, stories of of contract negotiations for too much longer to be honest. It's it's getting a bit it's getting a bit stale and it's it's not it's it's not I don't find it that entertaining personally. It's just got a bit got a bit dry.
2: Yeah, it becomes a bit frustrating for fans more than anything because when you get multiple outlets reporting that this is going to happen, and then all of a sudden, the next day they're reporting something completely different because they're being told something different. Then yeah. it is massively frustrating as fans. And echoing yeah. back to what Wayne was saying, especially when Eddie Hurton is telling fans, "Right, get your, you know, get your dates booked for the thirteenth of April. We're going to have a big, you know, we're going to have a big fight on the thirteenth of April." And now, as I was saying, I've I've heard that they're trying to move it to the twentieth, but I don't know how much. How, how much truth there is to that rumor, either? Again, they could they could no. still have it, but I don't know. I've heard that it's been cancelled, and I've heard it's going to be the twentieth, and I've heard it's going to be Dillian White. That's going to be fighting there. We've heard Klitschko's coming back yeah. to fight Dillian White. I mean, what yeah. else? What else is there to come?
1: It's a strange one. It's a strange one. I just, um, yeah, I just kind of want to get find out soon to be <laughs> to be honest, mate. It's, it comes a point where it just gets a bit a bit sick of talking about. It. You just want these these fight dates to be. To be announced so you can start preparing for them um, and you actually happen to look forward to rather than just hopefully happen to look forward to. Um, So, yeah, hopefully, things get hopefully we're here this this time next week with, with fights confirmed. But I've got a theme that might not be the case, who knows.
2: Well, we, we, we've heard, haven't we? I mean, obviously, we you know, we, mm. you, you work for Sleep Boxing, you cover, you know, a lot of the stuff down in London and we, we get to sort of hear a lot of things. But we're hoping that there is a press conference this week for Dillian White uh, announcing a fight yeah. for him. I mean, ideally, the three opponents that they spoke about is Brazil, Ortiz and Pivetkin, and out of the three... Uh, it, Dillian White said himself Brazil looks like the the, the the likely option because he's been given a mandatory position over Dillian White which is something that still confuses me a little bit as to why he got that mandatory position as opposed to when Dillian White was supposed to be getting that mandatory position after fighting Joseph Parker.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's disappointing. It's disappointing. Um, yeah, no, well, it's, it's, it's a shame that it's that kind of political and 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 complicated. And I feel sorry for Dylan White because I think he's the sort of guy who will who will fight anyone. Um and I'm sure he's more frustrated than anyone is. But um yeah, we'll 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 see. We'll see. I mean, um for me Dillian White against donald Brazil doesn't doesn't set the world alight in my opinion. I can only see one winner personally and that's Dillian White. That's just my opinion. Um but we'll see. I just I wanna see wanna see White against against one of the top one of the top three heavyweights now. I think he's that he's he deserves that, and I think the public want. Well, I think the public want to see it as well. After the way he dealt with Joshua, the way he dealt with um with Lucas Brown as well, that was impressive. So I don't know it's time for him to take that step up. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I want to
2: see it. <laughs> I want to see him. I've been saying for quite a while. I want to see him in a big fight, and if it's a Joshua rematch. So, be it. Yeah, I think he's done mm-hmm. enough. I think he's done enough to earn another big fight. I really do. But there's some people out there that say that I've said. Uh, I'm not naming any names in particular, but they've said he's not done enough to deserve a big fight with Joshua and I don't understand the logic of that that comment. No, no, I don't understand the, what else do you want Dylan White to do to get a shot at a world title? He's... he's beating yeah. Joseph Parker, who's a former world heavyweight champion, WBO champion, until he got beat off Joshua. You know, he beat Lucas Brown. Okay, you mm. know, it was Lucas Brown, and he wasn't in the best of shape for the fight. He was a former world champion, however, mm. and he wasn't defeated at the time he fought him. So there's two scalps mm. straight away on his record. And then he goes in a rematch with Derek Chisora, beats Derek Chisora in another great fight, and now... All of a sudden, he's not done enough yeah. to to fight any of the big fighters. I mean, what what has Jarrell Miller done to deserve the fight with Joshua?
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're, you're exactly right. It's a yeah. It's a straight- It's a very strange one to me. But I don't. Doesn't make too much sense. I don't. I don't agree with that. It's, so, ma- it's, um, ma- it's politics. Yeah. Look. I'd, yeah. I don't know what else to say really.
2: It's just politics. That's what it is. It's boxing politics, and we, you know, we all get a little bit pissed off yeah. with it all sometimes because it scupper[s] big fights. And um, I'll, I'll be mm-hmm. interested to yeah. see what this week's announcements bring. I really will. Um, any thoughts? Yeah. Uh, any thoughts, Elliot, on
1: the action from last night? Um, yeah, no, of course. Of course, I've, I've obviously, just the Javante Davis fight didn't take too long to to watch. Uh, <laughs> cause I didn't didn't last too long, but. I was I was impressed, but I think we know we know the kid's talent is. It's just can he kind of start making weight on time? And you know, I think the fight against Lomachenko is a fight that, in time, could be could be a really great fight. But we'll yeah, see. I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of his, but the fact that he's missed weight three times in the space of a couple of years is a bit is a strange one. I know you talked about this with with Wayne. It's it's yeah it's a bit of a bit of an annoying one but i think he's i think he's an amazing talent and i think the other thing that's frustrating is is his inactivity he only had one fight last year um which is disappointing for someone of his age you need to be need to be a bit a bit more active but um we'll see i know that ray Vargas fought as well i don't i didn't i hadn't really heard of his opponent to be honest with you but i know that he he came he came through as well um We'll, we'll see. I think he's arguably arguably the best super weight in the world now. I'm not sure if there's there's any Brits that are going to be um, coming up against him any any time soon. So we'll see. But yeah, looking looking forward to what the next the next few weeks have to offer as well.
2: Absolutely. Well, Elliot, thank you very much for obviously coming on, giving your opinion uh, on last night, and obviously the Joshua situation. And obviously, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you again for coming on.
1: No worries, Sean. Take care, mate. You
2: too. Cheers. Cheers. So there you go. That was Elliot's start. He does work for Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat. I'm glad to have uh, gotten him on to, to give his opinion and have a little bit of a chat about what he thinks about what's going on. And we'll expect another call coming through shortly because i see, I seen there was a couple of calls waiting to try and come through just before Elliot came on. So if you are looking to give us your thoughts, ring in now. And there we go. Hello, Carly the weekend phoning show who's who, who is it calling hi there this is um, bartholomew from glasgow bartholomew from glasgow i recognize that voice in disguise there's, so, there's someone else behind that <laughs> voice how are you doing buddy all right it's greg here Hiya, greg how are you doing i glad to get you on mate i'm glad to you know, you've rang in and given your opinion because i know you've been waiting to kind of have a chat for a while about a few uh, issues in boxing and uh, i'll let you get started what are your thoughts
0: yeah, so uh, first thing first, John, I think some, some of the points the guys have made when they're phoned on earlier, they've been really good. But um it's probably a bit of bad news I'm phoning with. I, I really don't think that the Joshua well, the Fury situation, I, I don't see any of those guys fighting Joshua until there's um, a setback. If I'm being honest, I, I can see another Mayweather Park situation where Mayweather was so much more keen to take on Pagel after Pagel had had been stopped by Marquez and things. I just think that, like you guys said earlier on the call, there's a lot of politics within boxing at the moment and I think a lot of guys are trying to blog out Eddie Hearn. Whether that's because they think Eddie Hearn is a threat or they just they've got other mixed opinions about him, I don't know, but um, I just, I'm, I'm like you guys, I watch every week and I, do. I don't see these fights getting any closer. I really don't.
2: I know. I mean, I, 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 again, I'd like to sit here and, and disagree with you, but I, I, I can't not disagree. Do you know what I mean? Because I think, like you just said there, you've probably hit the nail on the head in some respects by saying the fact that it will take a loss of one of them fighters before the AJ camp will be interested in in the leftovers of whoever wins the, the, you know, the World of Fury rematch. And I mean... If it's I, I, obviously, I want Fury to win. As a Brit, I want Fury to win. Don't get me wrong; being a bit biased here. But yeah. uh, the thing is, if that if whoever loses really could walk into another money fight with AJ, but I still don't
0: think it would happen, even if yeah. one of them loses. To be honest, I think that's the best chance of it happening if one of the guys loses because I know it's not probably the most appealing thing to talk about politics and boxing. But if you think about it, so. Um, Fury says he doesn't have a contract with BT That's fair enough But I can also see Frank Warren Not keen um, To negotiate To throw Fury into the site with Joshua Now I think there's a lot of money to be made But I think that I think I suppose it works on both sides I don't want to sound too much like a matching fan here But there's something when I watch The promoters and obviously I don't, I don't know if, if you look into it in depth As in I've been Reading and seeing a lot of things lately that promoters like Frank and um, other guys are asking for some of their their interviews to be edited, things to be cut out oh of them. Oh God, yeah, don't get sidetracked on that. Ed, yeah, Ed Eddie Heron doesn't. It's, I, I, I hate to sound like a big, big Eddie Heron fan because if you want me to sound like I'm I'm going to even the score up here, I think Eddie's took his, his eye off the ball when it comes to the UK about this year. I think the there's one I think um, the American deal, etc I think that's weekend the that card over here, and from what I'm hearing Adam Smith's had some challenging Conversations with him, and I think things Have got to change soon, but um, Yeah, I just think That it's it's going to Take something, I, I can understand Where you're coming from, Sean, I don't necessarily think The sites are going to be a foregone conclusion So say Fury beats um EBS Wilder, I don't see Wilder Just going, right, you know what Let's jump straight into the Joshua fight, but I just think it would be so much easier to be made because I think it's one less ego. As in if somebody gets a setback they know they can't go into these matches and demand silly figures because their commercial value's been hurt. Yeah. So it's it's an odd one. It's an odd one. But um I agree with the last guy said as well. Uh the, the Dillian and White situation. I, I don't think Dylan White would beat any of the top three, but I, I do truly think the guy's merited. Um, I it with all of them I think that he's Done everything that's asked of him Pay-per-view He's fought, it, he's fought twice um, He's done everything that's asked of him I think now he's a natural shot But I also think that He's priced himself out To a certain degree But has, has he been offered enough money? I've heard the rumours of 5 million Just less than 5 million That's a lot of money You know you could probably If you would sensibly, you could walk away And retire on 5 million tomorrow but obviously, with living within your rights, of course. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't see where the, the, the heavyweight merry-go-round stops. I don't see how it's going to proceed forward. But I don't know about you guys. Do you have any, any different thoughts about that?
2: It's very difficult. It's a very difficult situation to predict how it's going to go down. Because, ideally, what what we all want to see as fans is we all want to see the rematch happen between Wilder and Fury. And we want to see the winner of that come through and face Joshua immediately. But is that going to happen? Absolutely. Absolutely not. That's probably not going to happen because they're going to put it the on medals, the on the yeah. on the burner. Yeah. I mean, one fight that I'll always compare yeah. compare this situation to. I mean, we haven't got a triangle of fighters involved, but the Mayweather-Pacquiao situation burned for about five years before it eventually happened and became one of the most lackluster anticipated yeah. fights in in boxing history. Is one of the worst fights I, I, I'd watched and. Yeah. I I, it was, it, you know, I couldn't believe it. I, like everybody else, had stayed up all night, so excited that I was finally going to get to see these two finally clash. Uh, only to see Mayweather yep. dance around the ring for twelve rounds while Pacquiao chased him and couldn't catch him. It was, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't entertaining. It was a boring yep. fight, and the heavyweight division is not a boring division at the moment. It's probably the most exciting division we've got in boxing. And we want to see these big fights happen. And going back to the Dillian White situation, what you were just saying there is I agree with you. I agree with what Elliot was saying about the fact that White probably won't be any of the, the other three heavyweights in the division. However, I think he'd give it a bloody good go, and I also think it'd make for an entertaining fight, whoever he got in the ring with, because he comes to fight and he comes to put everything on the line. And he, when he when he lost to Joshua the first time round, he come in and put everything on the line, and. Yeah, he got knocked out because of it, but he's, he's a much improved fighter. He's less emotionally involved in his fights now, which is something I've always stood by since yeah. he got to Joshua. He doesn't get emotionally charged and involved. He's a lot smarter. Not saying that's going to win him a fight, but I'm definitely saying it's going to give him more of a chance to, to be competitive in a fight with one of these big boys again. And I think this this is what we need to see for him. He, he's going to fight Brazil. That's what it's looking like. I, I hope he does, and I hope he goes smashes Brazil because yep. I don't understand why Brazil has yep. been given that position to begin with I know he's had some great fights and some great wins since he lost Joshua but I think what Dillian White's done since he lost is, is more merited and I, I think we've all agreed on that yes yeah.
0: far surpassed far surpassed well, absolutely I totally agree Sean I think you're probably right in what you say I think it might be Brazil me personally I'm open for Povetkin I think that's a really really fun fight um, and I think it's a fight that Dilly might potentially lose us um, If I was forced to put my neck on the line i may maybe see him finding a way To get by Prevetkin But I think Prevetkin's performance Against Josh was really, really underrated I mean, it came out um, They did not break Josh's nose Inside the first two rounds It gave him all sorts of trouble And then AJ found a way I suppose I think the big, the big man's underrated a bit In terms of his boxing ability, I think the get better as a boxer as times went on, but I do also believe that guys like Tyson Fury, etc., they are capable of it blocks them. But um, time will tell. But do you reckon it's going to be the view this week? Is this what the-, the word on the street is? Is looking what it's going to be? It's
2: Well, it's sounding like the announcement of Joshua and Miller will be tomorrow. It's very much. I think it's okay. be, I think it has been reported that uh, there's going to be an announcement on his fight tomorrow. So that's going to be Miller. Uh, if I tell you what, if that's not Miller, uh, I'll, I'll pull my pants down and show me ass to the world. But I know no one. I know no one wants to see that. But what I'm telling yeah. you now that is happening. That is a done deal, regardless of what people have skirting around the issue. That is happening. Uh, I've heard that yeah. Dillian White's going to get an announcement this week as well, and that's coming from yeah. a few, that's coming from a few reputable sources. So. Hopefully we'll get two big announcements in the week and then we can start to sort of procrastinate over what's going to happen uh, next weekend on the show. It'll be great if we do get the predicted announcements because then we can really start to talk about how things will potentially line up for the rest of the year. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, this. I I know it's probably repetitive for people that have listened from the start, but I want to get your thoughts on the Giovanni Davis situation. Obviously, he blasted Ruiz out last night in one round, who was a late replacement for Mares yeah. but people want to see him step up now. They've had enough. People on all the Facebook groups and all social media are saying, you know, stop fighting tomatic cans, stop fighting bums, let's fight someone who's gonna give you a challenge. What are your thoughts on Davis? Yeah. Um I think Davis
0: is silly talented. I think he's ridiculously talented, but I think Davis is one of these guys that he's gonna rely on his talent Until that day comes Where he's going to get a shock I think I watched all. I don't even know Is it a minute Two minutes of it When I woke up this morning Um, I I don't want it to be too harsh I thought Ruiz The way that he went down At first I thought That's a bit That's a bit soft I'm I'm hoping he'll get up here But when you look to the replay Whatever way Davis Position he's got He caught him perfect Um, At the corner of the jaw Which as you know yourself There's a pressure point there So the chances are the guy was probably really hurt. I don't think that he stayed down and just thought, you know what, I've had enough. I think he's, I mean, he's not Mexican. I think he's probably got a bit of heart and everything around about him to to get up and fight on. But um, I'll be honest, everyone's saying about Davis and Lomachenko. I would like Davis to step up, but he's not ready to Lomachenko step up yet. Not for me. Um, I think he needs to clear up at 131st. Think maybe guys like Berto, etc. I, th- I think he would handle a beat better, but I think we need to see him in these fights so that he builds up his professionalism, so that he makes weight, um, not at the second or the third attempt, etc. Unifies the division so that he stands in a much stronger point to step up and say I'm ready for this kind of fight. I mean, I seen a comment this morning um, that as uh, someone said, I don't know this isn't popular, um, but I think that Davis beats Volichenko now. Mm. I don't want it to be too harsh on Davis because some of the punches the boy picks are absolutely fantastic. The way that he positions some of them, you, you know you're looking at a special fighter, you look at Davis. But Lomachenko at this present moment in time is a, a different kind of special. Um, I, I came across a video of Lomachenko last week and it was just about his movement alone, not throwing any punches. And I can honestly say I've never sat and watched a three minute video before. Where I can't turn it off, just looking at the way someone moves, totally unbelievable the way that the guy moves. But I, I think Davis needs to step up now because I think we are all getting sick up uh, sick of the antics in terms of I'll make weight, but I might struggle, and I'll, I'll I'll just make it, I'll just crawl over the line, etc. But to his defence, it's not his fault in terms of the fight that were supposed to have last night. It still wasn't saying the word light really, but that one fell through, and I think Ruiz kind of stepped in uh laid notice but yeah just to back up the point I, 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 he's gonna step up now he's gonna to get to the point where they're gonna over David Davis and people are just not gonna be interested in terms of his opponents unless it's one that we set up and go wow take notice of so natural step next for me is Burchill if he can still make the after that we'll we'll look we'll look and see what's what's going on going forward. But that's that's the next one for me.
2: Yeah and I'm not gonna disagree on any of the points and I've said I want to see Davies step up as per thousands of other people on social media yeah. this morning. were saying exactly the same. Uh, and, and I totally get why they're saying it because he has got bags of talent, but he's got bags of talent against guys that he's kind of expected to beat. So you want to see him in with someone like Bachel, like you said, who's also got bags of talent, who if he can beat, yeah. Davies can beat Bachel, then that's when you start to sit up and go, actually, this, this fight with Lomachenko is not as not as far away as what you think he's going to be. It's actually a, a reasonable yes. a reasonable fight to make at that point. But at this point in time, I, I wouldn't want to see it. I wouldn't want to see it happen. I I'd, think no. he needs more time. He's still you've got to really? remember, he's still young. He's still a young guy. How old is he? Like, tw- how old is he? 23, yeah. 24? I he's, think he's 23, 24, yeah. He's, he's still And he's
0: still you know something, see now that we say that on the H1? I'm going to make another comparison. Of another here. Now, not at this present moment in time, because his days Kind of came and gone Even though he's still young But see the way Davis's attitude is He's a little bit quieter And not as brash Don't get me wrong But see the the weight situations Etc It sounds like another guy From America Who was extremely talented When um, World titles In three or four Different divisions In no time And his career Has Very very quickly Went on a downward spiral And that would be Adrian Broner Do you remember watching Broner Like when he fought Gavin recent lightweight And he thought Wow this guy, he's he the next one. And then before you know it, if you're not committed, if you don't make weight, if you don't train properly, it very, very quickly it's taken away from you. That's slightly who he reminds me of in terms of he's ridiculous for talent, but is he going to use that talent? Has he got the mindset to keep it up? We'll just need you wait and see.
2: Well, I said that comment before to, I can't remember who it was who was on before, but I was was saying that my issue with Davis is his persona outside of the ring and seemingly getting into trouble too many times. And you exactly just nailed it on the head with the Broner comparison, and I made that comparison already by saying that if he's not careful outside of the ring, he could end up squandering his chances of becoming a superstar inside the ring. He needs to be careful what he's doing. He needs to be careful. And I I, I would have thought... I mean, it's weird, isn't it? The weird thing is, when you can make the comparisons, actually, Broner was with Mayweather, and then he went off on his own, and then he became who he is today. If Davis stays with Mayweather, maybe he will make a a shit ton of money and end up being a superstar. But it depends on the the, the attitude outside of the ring. We don't really get to see how he is other than what news reports come out about what he's doing outside... uh, uh, Was it a, a gay joint somewhere in Hollywood Boulevard or something like that a few months back and I remember seeing it and I'm thinking why is he getting himself involved in altercations outside of the ring? This is exactly where Broner went down and he's still doing it now. One he wanted in about three different states for different situations. So that's not what I want to see from him. Uh, is there any other thoughts you've got on the weekend or anything coming up this
0: week? Um, maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe. A little bit of bar, a little bit of gas, A bit of He uh, put down early, got up and boxes his through. I think it looks like it may be beginning to struggle the way a wee bit I think it's maybe time to move up um, I didn't catch a lot else To be honest um, As you know I've been in my, <laughs> my sick bed For um, <laughs> most of the week um, Making the most of my inflows I've, I've been quick to, to, to chat to you about Over the week um, I've got bits and bobs here and there But I think I'm, I'm just looking forward to the boxing Really, really heating up this year I think it's been a really long journey It's been and even longer February, and we're only a couple of days into it, I think you need that bit of big fights on uh, terrestrial time every week now, or every second week, so you can really look forward to it. So I think that really begins at the end of the month, I think obviously you've got your bank and the deal and things, so I'm just looking forward to things cranking up a little bit, I think it's been a slow start to the year, but maybe it's one of these years that it's been slow because of a, big, a, a few big announcements down the chain, but. That's careful just hoping to be honest. But we shall
2: see. We shall see. Absolutely. Well, Greg, thanks so much for coming on, giving your thoughts on the action from the weekend uh, and obviously your thoughts on the heavyweight situation at present. Thanks for calling and we'll hopefully get you on next time.
0: Anytime. Wish you guys all success. Thank you very much. Cheers, Greg. Take care. Cheers. Okay. Bye.
2: So there you go, Gregory Doyle's thoughts on the heavyweight scene at the moment and the fights from over the weekend as well. And just touching on Eubank and DeGale coming up in a couple of weeks, that's an interesting one to be discussing. I think a lot of people have seen the promotion that's been going around, the different little videos, the head-to-heads the, on the top of the O2, which was uh, quite a strange one. I would like to see what people's thoughts are on that situation as well. It's actually been promoted quite i'd say quite well i mean i keep seeing stuff on social every time i open my social media channels up the first thing i see is usually a video about eubank and gail so to me that indicates that they're actually promoting it quite well the fact that i'm able able to see that constantly so it's whether it sells enough and i don't know if you guys seen the article that elliot sort did for us the Eubank degale article where it was, is it really a retirement match? Is it really a retirement fight? I'd like to get your your guys' thoughts on that because it's actually a situation as to, to where does, where do both guys go if they lose this fight? I mean, Eubank could obviously stick around for a little bit longer, but I'm more concerned about what happens if degale loses this fight to Eubank. Does he end up having to, to to make that retirement or can he still fight on and still put himself up there because i wouldn't want to see him go back down to domestic level after he's clawed his way to get to world title level i wouldn't want to see that whereas obviously with eubank we've seen him kind of win that lightly regarded ibo title get schooled off groves and now we're getting to see him in this fight with james de gale so i am excited to kind of see where this this fight goes and, and how it goes down and i'm I think early early predictions really are I'm, I'm hoping the best James DeGale can turn up because if the best James DeGale turned up, he beats Eubank all day. But it really depends on what he has left in the tank. And that's my concern. He's been in some hard fights in the past 18 months. Hard, hard fights. The two fights with Truax were, were really difficult fights for him. Obviously, the fight with Badu Jack, I think, took a hell of a lot out of him as a fighter. And I think for me, I'm not sitting here saying... He's on the decline, but he doesn't look the same James De he did a couple of years ago. And I don't know if he's still got enough in the tank to produce another masterful performance. I'd like to see it. I don't know whether we're going to get it or not. And that that's my concern. But with Eubank, he's, I feel like he's a, he's a talent that's kind of squandered. He kind of feels a little bit like the UK's version of Adrian Broner. The fact that he's had all this talent... And he's got some God-gifted talent as well. And, yeah, he kind of squanders it by being arrogant and brash. And I just don't think that's that's, that does it for him, to be honest with you. He's not his dad. He never will be his dad. So why put that persona on? Why not just be you rather than trying to act like somebody before you? That's the thing that annoys me with him. But I, I, I know he's got bags of talent. And I know he could do well if he applied himself and if he got the right corner. He's not, you know, he's getting people training him, but then he goes off and does his own thing. I mean, what's all that about? That's not not what you do. You get people in there to train you, to to, to train you to a game plan, to get you in the mindset, in the right frame of mind. But if you're not around the right people and he's not surrounded by the right people, then this this is why we see him what we see. So, any of you guys that are watching on the live stream or listening, if you want to give us a call, now is your opportunity. The line is free. Give us a call, give us your thoughts on what's been going on. Uh, what do you think about Dillian White's next fight? What do you think about Joshua's next fight? What do you think about Giovanni Davis? Is he ready for Lomachenko? Some questions that we've already talked about, but I would like to hear your thoughts on them and see what's going on over the next few weeks. March is going to be a bumper month for boxing. Really excited for March and what that brings to us as well. So get on the line, get sharing your thoughts. This is the platform to do it on Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat, the weekend phone-in show. So, I'll move on then. Other topics to talk about. Well, there's there's so much to talk about, isn't there? Absolutely loads of stuff to talk about when it comes to boxing. What about all the small hall shows that are coming up? in the next six seven weeks we've got some great small hall shows coming up in the northwest we've got vip boxing shows coming up we've got kieran Fowler promotions on the second of march that'll be a really really good show at the uh, the bolton football stadium in, in the village suite there that'll be really really good to see that as well we've got some shows down in london a british warriors card coming up this weekend a couple of goodwin shows in march as well so small hall is certainly on the rise this year <laughs> Let's answer the phone, let's see who we've got calling in. Caller, you've come through to Eat Sleep Boxing Repeats Weekend, phone in. Who is it? Who's on the line? Yes,
4: yeah, Sean, how's it going? It's
2: me, Hamid. Hamid, Hamid, how are you doing? And what's not spoke to you for a long, long time. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. How, how's it going? How are you doing? I'm very good, very good. Thank you so much for asking and thanks for ringing up. And let's, uh, let's get your thoughts. What, what's the topic of conversation from yourself?
4: Uh, I mean, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts of course uh, your show as well but one thing that I've had on my mind is I've kind of lost interest in British boxing in terms of what Sky Sports have been doing in the matchroom I just wanted to hear your take what do you think about these Sky Sports shows uh, the fact that any half-decent fight or card is put on pay-per-view and the majority of the pay-per-view cards uh in my opinion, have just been underwhelming. Like They're not really worth pay-per-view. So what do you think about that going forward?
2: I think the standard of Saturday night shows now are, are starting to really, really slack. And it is very disappointing because I remember over the past five, six years, Saturday night fights that weren't on pay-per-view, the cards were, were usually stacked from top to bottom with a lot of 50-50 fights, and now we're not getting that, and I think that, uh, I think Elliot might have mentioned it earlier, I think that's because of the rise of DAZN, and the way Eddie Hearn's putting a lot of focus, into the USA, and what he's doing over there, and I think the Saturday shows over here in the UK, the matching bills are starting starting to slack a bit, although... Although, what do you make of the March 23rd card with Charlie Edwards defending his title? There's a couple of fights on there that I thought, actually, that's not a bad Saturday night main event. Yeah,
4: I've seen that card. I've seen the ones announced. I think that's probably the best one, but there's not enough. Like, go on to you. throughout the year, like, if I go back 10 years ago, I remember when you had uh, Frank Warren on Sky Sports and you had, I think, uh, uh, was it hat Hatton just a couple of fighters who had also a promoting shows? they used to have a very good standard shows on Sky Sports like I remember I think it was Carl Froch and Lucien Butte on Sky Sports right now that would have been a pay per view like the standard has dropped uh, drastically and another thing is that the thing that I don't understand is why why can't you just put a fights on Sky Sports like what is the point in like me personally Sky Sports is something that I probably have for more for other stuff like football I'm a big football fan Premier League but I'm just thinking about people that are investing in Sky Sports like obviously no one's forcing them but people that open Sky Sports and Box Nation and that just for boxing I don't think people are getting value for money as I remember like last year there was about thirteen pay per views. don't get me wrong, not all of them are match room, but just looking at the standard of match room, uh, the pay per views are not too bad. Like the fights they made have been good, but at the same time like the fights that they've been putting on uh, Sky Sports have just been underwhelming. Like the fights they've put on have been O'Coley and Chamberlain, these are not bad matchups but these are like the these are the the type of fights we're getting on Sky Sports where you should be getting better matches. Like, that's what I think on that. Like I just think the standard has dropped so badly. and I don't know if I blame the promoter because H- has made out. He's been saying the big thing has been that he did not enough money on uh, what's it called, Sky Sports Saturday Night Shows. But then that falls into his... Is he not doing his job or do you think that's something business-wise?
2: Well, my thoughts are that he's, he's putting a lot of oomph behind the fact that he's venturing into to the USA and I'll stand by the fact that he's trying to put all these cards in the USA and I don't think any of the USA cards... If you've seen him, I've actually been that great. I mean, he's trying to stack him with a lot of what what people would say in inverted commas, match room B B team fighters, and he's stacking them with them type of fighters where it's like, well, we'll get him over there, we'll stack the card out. But yet yeah, a lot of the fights on there are, are sometimes mismatches, and and that's part of the problem as well. If you don't put a competitive fight card on people do start to lose interest because of it you could put a, you could put 10 fights on a card and televise the whole 10 fights but if only two fights out of then 10 fights are, are worth watching as as a viewer as a TV viewer i mean are you going to go and watch something else instead until them two fights come on probably yeah because you know you know, you feel that's good. you know what's going to happen in the other seven or eight fights. You think, oh well, I can just catch up like that tomorrow. I'm not interested in watching it now. You know, uh, my wife wants to watch the X Factor or something like that. You know, that, that that's what people think. <laughs> that's what people's mentality yeah. w- will be. You're not going to sit there. And, yeah. You're not going to sit and watch him, are you? If you think, oh well, I know what's going to happen here. I'll, I'll just watch that later, or I'll just catch the highlights of that. And that's why it ends up slacking the Saturday night stuff. I've got to give some credit, though, Hamed, I think, to, to, to what Frank Warren did last year. He started to come back onto the forefront of, of the promotional side. He's, he's always been behind Eddie Hearn for the past couple of years, but some of the cards he put on last year were really competitive, and that's what I'm referring to. When you get a competitive Saturday night card that's when people will tune into it and the interesting one was when they did the double header on the 22nd of December obviously when you had Frampton and Warrington on the same night as Chisora and White now that was uh, interesting now I, I never actually did any uh, any research of how many pay-per-view buys each one of them got but I'll, thinking about it I'd be interested to see how that actually ended up turning out because you know, I felt like the card that Frank Warren had put on was very competitive in comparison to the Matchroom card, and the only fight I wanted to see really on that Matchroom card was the main event, so I ended up tuning in more for, for the BT Sport card because it was more competitive fights on it.
4: Yeah, I agree with you. I kind of uh, like, I've talked about this so much, I kind of uh, like think of talking about it, but since it's a new year, I thought Like, it is still something that won't go away. Like, what you said about the Warrington front and pay-per-view, like, that was a very good pay-per-view and deservedly so. I don't think the other fight between Cesaro and White should be pay-per-view. Even though it's a good fight, like, it wasn't a world title fight. And I just don't think it's just a fight. Being a main event, but what you said about Frank Gordon was true. I remember he put on Lee Selby and uh, what's his name, but was it Josh Warren said? Yes. And that was not even a pay per view, and that's probably. That was probably better than any fight that has been on regular non-pay-per-view Sky Sports or matchroom shows. Like, I can't remember a better fight than that. That was non-pay-per-view. So I think BT did not a bad job, but there were times that BT did put on some cards that were quite bad as well. But it wasn't their first year, so I kind of gave them a pass. But the main thing that I think we want is just competitive fights. Like, if you're going to put on a card, you can't keep keep putting on David Price and Dave Allen on these cards. If you're gonna put them on, like you could try and make some competitive fights. Like I I I was at the Joshua and Joseph Parker fight. Like that was I supported. I I ended up paying like you know for good seats for that because it was in Cardiff and on top of the you know you had good fights on there. I thought the David Price perfect if fight wasn't a bad matchup. Like it turned into a bit of a bad knockup, but it was actually a good competitive fight. Number people and the card wasn't too bad so if you make if he makes the right fight like don't get me wrong i would think about you know if then card if i wouldn't mind going to and same same for uh, say if you uh, if you look back to a couple of years when he made joshua political like those are good big fights as well like i think he's done a good job with joshua but like the job he's done with tell Brook, kind of i just think is kind of uh gives uh, more of a picture of some of the other matchroom fights like shows these end up turn. like a a lot of them have been either mismatches or not not really good cards but going forward I think maybe now that with America the whole deal with the zone maybe it might be a reason to make more competitive fights but at the same time I've been I agree. I've been un- unimpressed with a lot of the, the zone shows. Like I've been more impressed with what Top Rank have done with ESPN. Like I think they've put on uh, better cards and better fights. But I don't know. Maybe it's a bit early to judge it, uh, the whole American deal. But I-, I am quite glad that we got the Jacobs and Canelo fight because that's a really big fight and that may be help like in the future. So I think that's a that's a good sign for. I wanted to ask, what did you think about this whole Joshua
2: and Jarrell Miller situation? Well, I think I've said it previously uh, on on the show tonight that I I was never happy when I first heard the rumblings of this fight happening because I I genuinely don't feel like Jarrell Miller has done enough to justify getting a shot. At Anthony Joshua and his world titles. Now, obviously, we know how the governing bodies sometimes work, and that's the politics side of things. And that's the annoying part about it because I don't think he's, you know. I'm I'm a swaying more for Dillian White here because I feel like Dillian White has just been through on the scrap heap. He has done enough to warrant a, a fight with Anthony Joshua, but yeah, you know they're not they're not wanting to pay him enough to fight him. Which some people might say, "Well, it's greedy." Some people might say he's protecting his own interests, whatever that may be. But with Miller, I, I genuinely I, I've not really seen how he has earned his way there because he's I don't think he's for anybody. That is of reputable note. Who's who's an active heavyweight? Who's not past the prime? Who is, is you know he's not gonna be in that sort of top five. He's not fought anybody yet. I mean, Dillian White, Joseph Parker, Joseph Parker, former WBO world champion. Not long before he fought. Gillian White. So for me that was a worthy win. That was a win worthy of putting him up there in the rankings. Yeah. Um now they're talking about him Wi-Fi in Brazil. But going back to the Miller Joshua situation, it looks like it's going to be announced tomorrow and uh, I'm uh, to be honest with you, it'll probably be the first time where I will genuinely say I'm not that interested in watching Anthony Joshua's fight with Aurel yeah. Miller. I'm not I'm not in, I'm genuinely not. It doesn't excite yeah. me. it Doesn't excite me. That, that's
4: true. That's true. Uh, I think this is the first time I'll probably feel the same way since the Joshua. I think he was meant was he fought, I think it was Eric Molina back in 2016. Yeah. But I think that was because Klitschko pulled out with an injury, but that was always a tune up. But I, I didn't give Joshua any stick for the attack and fight because that was uh, like a late replacement. But looking back, and even Pulev, that was a solid mandatory a guy who ticks the boxes. Even that, that's another thing that Jawa Mullah deserves to stick for. He did turn down a fight with Pulev. And if he beat Pulev, he would have been the mandatory challenger. So he kind of essentially death uh, Pulev. So I personally think uh, this fight, I just made, uh, I don't know if it's true, I, I made, uh, I think, like... Uh, a thought that came to my mind was this could be a tactic from maybe either Team Joshua or, or him. And if you look at it, if you got two big heavyweights in Joshua and Dylan White, who are doing good numbers, both of uh, One's a really big draw, obviously. And he's got like, what is the four of the five belts, whatever, three of the four major belts. And you've got Dylan White, who's coming on very nicely now. He's beaten Joseph Parker. He's beaten, uh, uh, who was, uh, was it, Cesaro, and he beat someone up but if you if you're looking at it from an outside perspective, if you could put on both in the other two Americans in Miller and Dominic Brazil, and you could eliminate those two out the top ten, then. I think that could leave uh, maybe make the, lead that fight into an even bigger fight because then Diller White will be I think the mandatory challenger for the winner of uh, Wild and Fury and he could always fight Joshua so I don't know maybe Joshua and his team might have lowball Diller White I don't know some people are saying that Dilla White is getting a bit greedy but then Dilla White did make a good point that he was getting offered about the same amount of money as Povet you know I think less and obviously he brings a lot more than Povetkin because Povetkin was a mandatory challenger and in the UK Povetkin Joshua wasn't really that big of a fight even though Povetkin was a very good fight to accomplish but from the outside uh, Joshua and Dillawite is still a big fight if you take uh, Wilder and Fury off the cohesion that's probably the biggest fight that Joshua could uh, have at the moment so I don't know I got a I got a theory that I think this could be all a ploy for match because if you match up Joshua and Dillawite right now one of them, which probably will get knocked out or lose, which is probably Dylan White, I would still favour Joshua in a rematch. Then that could put back Dylan White. So I think maybe, maybe this could be a very good, smart move from him. Because I've always said I've not really been a fan of him, but he is very good at his job. He's like a genius. And if you look at it, if you put on two pay-per-views, he could put on two per at Dylan White in Brazil and Joshua and Miller. Even though I don't think Dylan White in Brazil will be really a pay-per-view warranty, unless he's got a step. I can't. Even then, I still wouldn't justify you. So I think maybe that could be a ploy, but that's just my thing. But I don't know. I think Joshua Miller in America could be uh, could sell, but I wouldn't. I, on this side of the pond, I don't think many people will be fans will be excited about it.
2: No, I mean, I was saying before you started talking about the the whole situation with White, when you look at the Jarrell Miller record and you look at who he's been in with, really, his last fight was against an undefeated Bogdan Dinu, who no one had ever heard of in the UK. Then he fought a well-over-the-hill Thomas Adamek. Then he fought Johan Dupiaz. And then he fought Marius Wack before that and Gerald Washington and Fred Cassie. I mean, all these fighters, really do you feel any of them fighters on that list have warranted him to get a shot at Anthony Joshua?
4: No, no. no. Uh, Adamic was about 10 years past his prime and Adamic was essentially a blown up uh, I think it's like years, someone has seen even fought down in Super Middleweight. I do remember Chad Dawson beating him in 2007 so I don't know I, I, I look at John Miller's resume and it's not really that good. I think uh, I don't even think he's really a top 10 heavyweight based on the guys he's beat. I still think Joseph Parker should be in the top 10. And I think uh, I think it it's maybe between him and Dominic Brazil. I don't know who's beaten the better guys. I think maybe Dominic Brazil has beaten a, a couple of more better opponents. I just think Darren Miller's defeated. That's why a lot of people have got him right. The hype. I think this could have been a good fight down the line. At the moment, I think uh, from a market marquee point of view, it's probably a good move. Because if you, if you look at it, Joshua will probably uh, will not do much talking. And John Miller will probably sell this fight. And then he'll get knocked out. And it'll probably be, for an American debut, not a bad fight. I know there's a comparison with Naz and Kevin Kelly. A different, completely different uh, the fights like one was too world class well Joshua is world class but Kevin Kelly was a world class fighter I don't think you compare John Miller to him so but he does talk a lot so he could probably sell the fight but I don't know It's maybe not a bad fight I just think you could have left this for later because it looks a bit bad now that Joshua is saying he didn't want to travel to fight Walder but he's going to travel to fight John Miller but I don't know uh, maybe maybe they've changed their minds but I don't think it's that bad of a fight, if I'm being honest. Uh, if you can't fight Dylan White, then I don't, I, I don't think it's that bad. Another thing I want to ask: what do you think of the Light heavyweights? Because right now, you've got Kovalev, Baturbev, Bival and Gavazdik. Three of them are undefeated. Four of them are all from the Eastern Bloc. Who do you think is the most skilled out of the four? Because I thought Kovalev looked really good. I don't think he's... At his best, I think he has kind of slid slid down, but it was still a good win, and considering he got knocked out by Alvarez, I thought he did pretty good, but who do you think of the top four is the most skilled, and who would you favour if they all fought each other? Uh,
2: Dimitri Bivol would be my answer. Uh, I feel that Bivol is the one that is essentially going to be the changing of guard opponent for Kovalev in the future. I do genuinely believe that but one one crazy statistic that you have just mentioned there is the fact that they're all sort of from eastern europe and that that's a pretty pretty crazy situation to have four eastern european fighters as the top four light heavyweights in the world and it just goes to show you that eastern european boxing is is, is doing really really well at the moment especially in ukraine obviously with the likes of lomachenko uh Gerdvik and usik you know them three fighters alone coming from ukraine uh, straight away you've got three huge fighters, three huge names, but the light heavyweight scene at the moment, I think we need to see the unification matchups now, and that's that's what I want to see, I want to see the best fight the best, obviously it doesn't always happen that way, but I think when you match Bivol uh, against maybe Kovalev that would be a really interesting fight, a changing of the guard fight possibly and then you've got obviously Gverdvik in there as well, uh, I think we, we definitely want to see these guys all, all get in the ring together at some point over the next 18 months because if they don't and they end up like Stevenson not fighting any of these guys until he fought Gerdvic, then we're going to end up like, again, with the situations like May with Pacquiao and fights with like Kell Brook and Amir Khan, you know, just fights that just, yeah. like, just like burn for so long. It gets to the point mm-hmm. where nobody actually cares about them yeah. anymore.
4: We need to see a big fight because we missed out on Kovalev and Stevenson. I think there's two stories to that. I do think that Stevenson and his team deserve more blame, but I think Kovalev did uh, withdraw from. I think there was a the postponement. So. I think there was two stories to that, but I do think that, that was a big fight I missed out on. And, and that would have been like one of the best fights that he could have made at the time. But at this moment in time, I think the probably best fight to make right now for Kovalev is probably Batabia, because they both saw history in the amateurs, and I think they both uh, both pulled out the four, like Kovalev 35, I think, and Batabia 33. So that should be the next fight I think I'd like to see. and. Gervasdik's got a mandatory with Marcus Braun. So maybe Gervasdik and Bivaldi could build up down the line. But I would like to see a unification because I think if you look at the world of it, which has been a very, I personally think, overrated division. Very good fighters, but none of them have fought each other. And up until Spence and Crawford came, I think the other three, Thurman, Porter, even though I really rate Porter highly and probably got one of the best resumes, a welterweight, they never really, I don't think there was a clear number one guy, even though Thurman beat them both. Uh, Right now, I think the welterweight division is very good, but we still have another unification. So I think light heavyweight is probably the best division, but we really, uh, these champions fight each other.
2: Yeah, totally. But that's all I've
4: got uh, I
2: haven't got anything off. So, well, well, Hamed, obviously, thank you for ringing in. Uh, I'll see if there's anyone else that wants to give us a call. We've got about another 15 minutes left of the show before we call it an evening for this first episode of the Weekend phoning Show. Thank you for coming on, Hamed. It's been a pleasure.
4: Uh, yeah, appreciate it.
2: Thank you. Take care. So there you go guys, Hamid Zaman on the line there, just giving his thoughts on a few different subjects that are quite pertinent in boxing at the moment. So if there's anybody watching that hasn't had the opportunity to come on, give us a call now, 01618188748, give us a call, the weekend phone-in show, we've got about 15 minutes left before we call it an evening to this first one I want to hear if there's anybody out there that's got anything completely separate they want to talk about when it comes to boxing maybe they want to fast forward and start talking about the Eubank and DeGale fight that I was touching on a little bit earlier on maybe that's something that's on people's minds at the moment or maybe they just want to talk about sort of this general stuff that's going on in boxing at the moment the the general rumours that go around social media as always it's you know it's a a complete rumour mill sometimes it's full of crap sometimes actually it's it's really good and we get some fantastic you know stuff out of there and some great rumors but i want to see if anybody's got any thoughts on uh, anything else that's going on at the moment uh, it's been great first weekend phone-in show i'm really happy that people have got involved and that people have rang in and given their thoughts so i appreciate everybody that's come on so far like i said if you've got if you've still got the opportunity to come on You give us a quick call now, you'll be able to get yourself on the show before we call it an evening. I just wanted to sort of touch on some of the other things that are coming up over the the next couple of weeks. Obviously, we've got this talk of Joseph Parker and Derek Chisora happening at some point in the next few months i want to know what people's thoughts are on that fight whether that's a bit of a step down for parker whether he should be aiming for a fight with someone like an ortiz pivetkin or brazil or you know even pushing himself into that rematch with white that would be interesting i want to know what people's thoughts are on the governing bodies at the moment which governing body do you think he's ran the best and which one do you think he's ran the worst i mean there's probably a few people that are uh, give their opinions on that one. I'll be interested to hear what your thoughts are on that. Things like Billy Joe Saunders fighting Andrade. That'll be interesting. The fight that he was supposed to have before he got stripped of his title. I'll be interested to see what people have got to say about that. And then hopefully we'll get to see the date for the rescheduled purse bids for Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder as well. So there's there's so much really to to be catching up on. Another piece of little, little news that I've been putting social media posts out about is Marcus Maidana. Now I've put a few videos out on the Instagram channel and it's just him obviously overweight on the pads, throwing a few shots uh, and people making a few comments about the fact that he's just doing it for fun. But apparently He's actually reiterated that he is going to return to the ring this year uh, and he link, he intends to link back up with Al Heyman and PBC and he intends to try and get down to Welterweight again. I mean, I don't know what he walks around at, at the moment, but he certainly doesn't look like a Welterweight. He's probably more Cruiserweight, I would say, at this moment inside. So I would be interested to see if that happens. Also, another subject to talk about that I've not even touched on at all in the weekend phoning show, the World Boxing Super Series. What the hell is going on at the moment with it? What the hell is going on? Why are people so adamant to pull out? Baranchak pulling out of the fight. His manager said he's pulling out. What's going on? And then Regis Pagrai. They're talking about pulling in from the tournament as well. There's lots of stuff going on at the moment. I'm going to be putting a little article out about that probably tomorrow now when I've had the chance to finish it up. But I was really shocked to see how it seems to be starting to fall apart at the seams. The, the fact that they've got no TV deal is a big issue. Now, initially, when they said, oh, we'll put the fights on YouTube, I thought, yeah, that's great for fans because they can get to stream it. But then I thought, well, not every fan wants to watch it on a platform like YouTube. A lot of fans might just want to watch it on a normal platform. Yes, they might have to pay something to do that, but you know, you can't really win with people. People want it for free, but then people don't want to pay the pay fees. But then when they put it on a platform like YouTube, they're saying it isn't going to do as well. And then there's the TV money that comes from it as well. And there's been talk of Baranchak not being paid for his quarterfinal bout, which is quite an interesting conversation with his manager to be had. I think I'm starting to get a little bit worried about it, to be honest. I think... I would like to see this succeed as it has done in the first season. But the second season just seems to be falling apart. There's been no major announcements. And the fact that the Baranchak situation, even after his manager said they were pulling him out, they went on to announce that the fight with Josh Taylor was happening. But yet we're still hearing that Baranchak's pulled out. And then there's tweets going around on Twitter about adrian broner coming in to be the replacement which is uh, hilarious because again what has he done to deserve a shot at josh taylor and i think there'd be a lot of scottish fans out there that would want to see josh taylor probably smash adrian broner all over the ring in glasgow which i'm sure will satisfy a lot of scottish fans but i don't think he'd be the right person to replace him is it even going to end up going ahead well we'll see i mean there's tweets out on twitter here saying the uh, the bantamweight tournament a new a versus rodriguez is being planned for a double header uh, with josh taylor on the 18th of may in glasgow but that's according to rodriguez's manager so is that going to happen at the moment it's very much up in the air and to be honest with you it's a massive massive shame if this ends up falling apart after one season because it's such a brilliant concept the best fighting the best No escaping it. No escaping the best fighting the best. And that's what we want to see in boxing. So the World Boxing Super Series seemingly falling apart is a big issue for me because I've really, really enjoyed the first two tournaments. The fact that the Cruiserweight's got a unified Cruiserweight champion was something that you don't see a lot of in boxing these days because of the fact that there's too much politics involved. And I was saying this on uh, a conversation I was having last week about, I remember the fact that Tyson Fury beat Klitschko and he won multiple titles. And within a day of beating Klitschko, he was ordered by, I think I don't know if it was i think it was, yeah, it was the IBF, had basically said, if you don't go to, to purse bids for your mandatory straight away, we're going to strip you of it. And he said, you know what? You can have it back. And then obviously the rest is history with Fury. But it's stuff like that, that, that stops boxing from being what it could be, which is uh, a complete global sport, I can, you know, the the sport everybody wants to watch, and there's so many different sports out there. I mean, Americans, you know, they get the luxury of having all these different sports that we don't get over here. So they get things like baseball and ice hockey, American football. You know, they get all these big, big events, and boxing's kind of like on the back burner over there, where it's here in the UK we get boxing's like one of our biggest sports. Of football probably being the biggest and then boxing probably coming in second and then you get all your your little mini ones like your darts and your tennis and stuff like that. So, you know, stuff like that is, is it ruins. It ruins it. Things like the World Boxing Super Series making the best fight the best is what people want to see. So we've got about nine minutes left now. Before we call it an evening, so if there is anybody that wants to give us a call, now now's the opportunity. 0161 818 8748 is the contact number to get me on. Give us a call. Give us your thoughts on what's going on in boxing at the moment. What do you think about the world boxing super series seemingly falling apart? I'd like to get someone's thoughts on that. Uh, Eubank, Andy Gale. I know I've mentioned it a few times on the show. I do want to start to talk about what's going to happen in this fight and what will the loser do after this fight i'd be interested to hear people's thoughts on that anyway let's move on we're talking about now the lightweight division and we're talking about richard Comey richard Comey, richard comny beating uh isar chaniev last week and winning the lightweight title and supposed to be unifying it with vasil lomachenko but now because of the fact that he's got an injury in his hand Comi will have to probably give that title up, I would imagine, but it leaves the opportunity and the way paved for a Mr. Anthony Crawler to come into the forefront. And now we've talked about Crawler being the mandatory for the WBA title that Lamachenko holds at the moment, and now we're talking about the fact that this will come in week. There is going to be potential purse bids for that fight to happen so for anthony crawler this is a perfect situation because now commie's out of the, out of the way he's not going to be able to fight for weeks he's not going to get back in the ring and train for weeks as a result so this gives anthony crawler the perfect opportunity now to get himself up there and get himself in an opportunity to be able to fight lomachenko a fight that he's he's so desperately wanted and i know a lot of people are saying he hasn't got a chance in hell of winning that fight and i totally understand why people will say that but anthony crawler's the type of guy that will just go in there and give it his all regardless of the result and it's a fight for manchester that manchester will want to see they'll want to see a special talent like lamachenko come over here and get in the ring of course we will if it means anthony crawler loses so be it but we'd like to see him win I just don't think it's going to happen personally. And and I've met Anthony a few times and we know each other and I'd love to say he'd be able to go out there and do the business, but it's a very difficult one to back him in. Very difficult one to back him in that one. So there's that this week going on as well. So that's quite uh, an interesting one to look out for this week. If that actually gets announced because the purse bids are happening, I believe on the 13th, which is Wednesday. Also that has been announced in the past couple of days David Price fighting in Liverpool against undefeated heavyweight fighter Cash Alley, which is on the undercard of Liam Smith versus Sam Eggington. It's a March 30th card in Liverpool. David Price looking to continue in the heavyweight division. Again, this is another guy that creates debate. Should he still be fighting? Should he have packed it in after the Povetkin loss? I'd like to hear what people have got to say on that. You've got the opportunity to ring us to tell us or you can leave your thoughts in the comments on the Facebook Live because I am watching that now and I'm monitoring that to see if anybody has got any thoughts or any questions they want to answer. If they don't want to call us put your questions into the comments part of the live video and we will be able to have a chat that way as well on air. Um, Five more minutes left to go before we call it an evening. Just want to see other things that are going on this week. i tell you what, there's absolutely so much going on this week. Uh, Tifimo Lopez last week, that's something I've not had the opportunity to actually fully talk about with everybody. What do people make of Tifimo Lopez? Is he 2019's breakout star? I think so. I think he is. I think he's going to be an absolutely unbelievable talent. What do people make of his celebration after he beat Magdaleno? people going into complete hysterics about that. I think there was as much hysterics about that than there was about Liam Neeson coming out and saying what he said 40 years ago. I think there was a lot of hysterics about that. But for me, Tifimo Lopez is definitely this year's breakout star. He is going to be in big fights by the end of this year. It's going to be hard not to put him in big fights because every time they step him up in opposition, he blasts them away. He blasted Mason Menard away back in the last year and then he beats former two-time world title challenger Diego Magdaleno in emphatic fashion as well so for me it's very much a case of this guy is stepping up with the opposition and he's stepping up in fashion as well so I'm really looking forward to seeing how Tiafimo Lopez's 2019 goes Uh, So that's another one to talk about for this year as well. And something that was touched on a little bit earlier on in the show from one of the callers, interviews being edited for certain promoters. Now, this came out a couple of weeks ago on social media that a certain promoter likes to give the interviews a once-over and likes them to be edited before they get posted on social media, which I find it quite hilarious, to be honest, given the fact that we conduct interviews here, And we never do anything like that. And at the end of the day, we want people to be raw. We want people to tell us what they feel at that time. We don't want the half-assed bullshit. We don't want the crap. We want the real stuff. That's what we want. But when a promoter says something, when they think, oh, actually, I shouldn't have said that, and you want you to edit it out, it's a difficult situation because you want to keep a good relationship with that promoter and you want to be able to attend them shows that that promoter puts on. But when you've got some real good content that you know is going to go down really well, <laughs> you're in a bit of a catch 22 situation. You feel like, actually, I know how well this is going to do. But in the same sense, it's going to wreck my relationship with this particular promoter. Well, personally, I wouldn't edit my videos. Would I do it if it was Eddie Hearn? Would I do it if it was Warren? Would I do it if it was any other promoter? <sighs> I don't know. You'd have to ask me at the time if I get anything decent out of any of them. I think with Eddie Hearn, anyway, he's, he knows what he's saying. It's like he's got this script in his brain, anyway, of what he's going to say. But I think sometimes with other promoters, sometimes they might slip up and say something that they shouldn't have said, and and that's why they end up wanting it edited out. But I think it's uh, I think it's a bit silly, to be honest with you. I think at the end of the day, when you when you when you come there as an outlet to do an interview with somebody, you want to get. Questions to the the promoters and the fighters that you want proper answers to, and sometimes it's difficult because they they can kind of skirt away from the answers. but I feel like you've got to kind of try and ask the questions that people want the answer to, what fans want the answers to sometimes it's difficult because they don't want to answer them or they don't want to answer them properly, and they want to skirt around the issue, but you've just got to keep pushing as a media rally right? you've got to keep doing that. So we've got about a minute before I'm going to end this first episode, this first show of Eat, Sleep, Boxing, Repeats weekend phoning. I just want to say how much of a pleasure it has been to, to do the show, to start the show up, to get people on. We've had uh, Elliot Stott, we've had Wayne Coldplay, we've had Greg Doyle, Hamed Zaman all, all on today. So for anybody who wants to come on next week, it'll be the same time. It'll be half past seven on Sunday. And get your thoughts on all the action that's going up there's a couple of shows next week I think there's a small hall show down in london at the york hall a british warriors promotion going on there so we'll have a chat about that i think elliot will be covering it for us for easily box and repeat so I'll be interested to see what happens there if you've really enjoyed listening to everybody else's thoughts uh, you feel you don't feel confident enough to get involved then use the comments box which is why i'm doing it through facebook live so people have got the opportunity to watch make comments as well as ring us to have a chat so that they get an interaction either way so that'll be good if any of you guys that have listened today want to come on for next week thank you for anybody that shared it across social media that's been an absolute help to try and get this off the ground and get it going I hope people have enjoyed it. I hope you have enjoyed listening to people's opinions. And I will see you next week. Ciao for now, fight fans.